Welcome to You're Not That Special. My name is Emily. And I'm Sarah. We're two Enneagram 4 INFJs here to talk with you about mental health, eating disorder recovery, and the challenges that we all face. Emily? Yes? Has anyone told you lately that you're not that special? Mm. Um, aside from you? No. <laughs> it's just something I was thinking about. <laughs> no, but I tell people all the time. <laughs> like every day. <laughs> Have you told yourself? Um... I actually, I feel like I have a little bit, and I feel like it's kind of been a little bit of a theme in therapy oh. recently. Like a few times, like my therapist doesn't say that, yeah, but <laughs> but there are a few times God, that she's awkward, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, do you listen to my podcast? <laughs> but there have been a few times that she's saying something, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm not that special. But you should tell her about just you don't have to be about the podcast, but you should just be like. My friend and I have this thing that we say. <laughs> maybe you could remind me a little bit more specifically. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, welcome back, because mm -hmm. we're here to remind ourselves and everyone else that you're not that special. Mm -hmm. Do you have a strength and struggle? Oh, shit. I forgot all about that part. I was ready to dive into the topic. Oh, God. Um, strength and struggle. Um, my struggle, I'll start with that. Um, I've really been trying to commit to my, like, do-nothing days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just not <laughs> happening. Um, part of that, I feel like, is just I genuinely do have, like, more energy and, like, I've been feeling pretty good. Mm. So it's hard to just... I need to define for myself what do nothing means. Right. Because I don't you... think it means laying in bed all day and doing nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah, because if there's something you want to do, like you could still do that. Well, yeah, and it could be just I don't have any like scheduled yeah. tasks or responsibilities. Yeah. Um, strength. Goodness. Um I've just really been sticking to my habit tracker. <laughs> nice. Um, which has been good. And I read the book Atomic Habits, Ooh. which is just phenomenal. Are Speaking of your reading, yeah. are you, like, you're keeping track of what you've read, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Are you, like, doing any either mental or actual, like ranking or Ooh, like ranking. Mm. or anything of like what your top like five of the year would be like um I'm definitely well how I'm going to be doing this is I have a pile of books that I've read like in January and so I'm it's on my to-do list my priorities for the week uh -huh. <laughs> that to sort them through of like what is something like so good I want to read this again I'm going to keep it um. versus is there something that like yeah, like it was good, got what I needed from it. I'm going to pass it on. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. But I feel like when there's something good, I 
generally share. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to read this book because <laughs> I thought it was just phenomenal. So, and Atomic Habits is really, I think, especially in the recovery sense, um, it if we look at some of our like you know like eating disorder behaviors or things that we do for our mental health overall wellness like if we look at those as habits um and just shift some language around it like i think it's really helpful of how do we um stop the negative or things that aren't helpful to us and how do we build habits that are helpful so Mm -hmm. kind of talking about the deconstruction versus the construction of what we do want to be a part of our day-to-day yeah Hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah kind of taking all of that in and trying to put some of it into practice or at least consider um how I want to use what I've gained from the book cool yeah how about you Um, my strength would be, I was invited to, well, my neighbor had this idea to start doing these like weekly craft nights. Um, so like I got a text a couple weeks ago from her and it included like six numbers that I didn't have saved. (laughs) And I was like, oh boy. Um, so that was weird. Um, but she was just inviting people to come do this. She was super excited about it. And I was immediately like interested in it, but I was kind of nervous because I'm like, uh, I know one of these people and I don't know her that well. (laughs) And like, is it going to be weird? Whatever. But I said that I was interested. And so we had the first one last week and I was like, even right up until I went over to her apartment, I was really on the fence about going over like I was just like oh I don't know maybe I'll just like go next week or something but I did go over and um like met a few new people and we like we didn't do any like crafting yet we were just kind of talking about ideas and like stuff we want to do and all this and it was really fun though and it was I liked the people that were there and it was really like out of my comfort zone, but yeah. I'm like, oh, I will definitely do this again. And she was saying, you know, asking if people would want to like rotate places, like uh-huh. at whose apartments we go to. And I was like, oh, I could totally like host like some weeks, whatever. And I was like, I said that and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but I was like, I, I'm glad that I did. Like it was just yeah. fun. And I think it'll be a fun new outlet and new these like cool people to me. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, they all seem like a little like my neighbor is definitely like quirky and like really fun and just yeah. cool and these friends of hers all seem like that th- seem like that too yeah. in just like different ways and I was just like oh these are cool people like I just think it was <laughs> so it was fun um yeah so I'm glad that I went and I'm like looking forward to that um let's see and then my struggle, which ultimately this is like a good thing, but it's uh-huh. been really difficult, is just therapy lately. It's uh-huh. just been like intense and, but at the same time, it feels like, oh, this is what like I've been wanting therapy to be like for yeah. years. So it's it's a good thing, but it's been really difficult and um, I get really 
I don't know, my therapist like points out a lot that I get (laughs) into this place where I'm like, I don't know what to do. And like, I don't know how to like handle things and like how to deal with what I'm feeling and stuff. And she reminds me that like, I know a lot more than I think I, than I like give myself credit for about like how to handle things. Um, So I just like, I don't know. I've been noticing that I really frequently am like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. When I start getting like stressed or having a bunch of feelings about something. Um, So that's just been like kind of difficult, but um, I don't know. But it also, it does like feel like peak therapy right now (laughs) it's just Um, uncomfortable I had had mine last year oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it's great yeah (laughs) yeah so difficult but does feel like I'm doing the right thing and it's been really good but a lot just comes with that so (laughs) I'm like I feel for you, and I'm also like, oh, the baton has been passed, because I'm going to therapy right now, and just like, I don't know what we're even talking about, but. Well, it's just, I had this conversation recently, not in therapy, but just with somebody of like, that difference in therapy of when you're which what I felt like therapy was for me for years of kind of constantly like putting out fires and Mm -hmm. like dealing with like behaviors and stuff coming up that it's like when that's happening, it's like, yeah, that's kind of what you have to do. And it's like deal with that. Yeah. But then to be in the place where it's like, oh, it's, we don't really need to do that anymore. (laughs) And like, we can really like focus on bigger things and, it's, the core. Yeah. Like, focus on the root of yeah. what's going on. So, it, yeah, it feels good and also super shitty sometimes just because it's really hard. But Well, yeah, you have to face parts of yourself that aren't maybe the most desirable or yeah. appealing or attractive. Mm-hmm. It really sucks. Yeah. So enjoy it. <laughs> It's going to be a blast. Yep. <laughs> I'll be over here just cheering you on. You yeah. Just let me know. <laughs> yeah. I'm going on a trip in a couple of weeks uh, with a family member. And so oh, yeah. I'm sure that my therapy will resume. Yeah. Uh, intensely. Yeah. So. <laughs> So we can both hold the baton. <laughs> Maybe I'll really intentionally like calm things down for a little bit while you're oh, going through that so we can just go back and forth. Yeah. Take turns a little bit. Oh my goodness. Okay. We have kind of a, we'll have two back-to-back episodes with kind of a bit of a theme. Mm-hmm. And this week is about what we say goodbye to in the process of, you know, choosing recovery, choosing healthier behaviors. There are things that we have to let go, things that we have to say goodbye to, um, things that we have to grieve. So we're just going to dig into that one first. Yeah. 
before we look at all of the wonderful hellos that we get to have um, in the recovery process. Is there like anything in particular that stands out to you as like one of the hardest things that you had to let go in the process of choosing recovery? I think for me, one of the biggest things was letting go of the identity that I found in Mm -hmm. the eating disorder. Yeah. Like really becoming this person of I am somebody who does X, Y, Z or just has this mental health struggle, this eating disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, when it was, when it's something that you've been like dealing with for years and that's just such a huge when it was just such a huge part of my life, it was like, that was all I did. Mm -hmm. Like in terms of like actual day to day, it was like my focus was on the eating disorder. Um, In therapy, the focus was on the eating disorder and like what that all. And kind of the crisis management. Yeah, exactly. And that was what I guess I mean, this is maybe what my perception was, but it felt like that was what um, what like my family or people close to me also kind of were focused on about me at that time. Like yeah. in a way of, I would say like concern, you know, like yeah. that that's just what we were dealing with at that time. Like there was no, there wasn't a lot of room to, for me to be like, expressing myself and being myself (laughs) and like being more authentic and having authentic relationships like it was just all about the eating disorder so it was just such a strong like tie to who I felt like like feeling like that's just who Mm -hmm. I am and so yeah letting go of that saying goodbye to that I think is one of the most difficult goodbyes And I think, and I know for myself, but then also in my work with people, like I love hearing clients kind of distinguish of like, this doesn't align with my values or, um, you know, this other behavior would align with my values, but it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, of, And that's why I, like, I always start my work with clients of kind of exploring what are your core values because it gives the essence of the identity that we want to have, that we are striving to have, and where the eating disorder just interferes mm-hmm. with the authenticity of living in that way. Um, and I think it just gives a really strong framework as to just hold up like if these behaviors are happening do they or do they not align with your values like Mm -hmm. if ever we're looking for something that's a bit more black and white (laughs) like that's something that sometimes is I'm not saying there's never gray with that but like I think in our core we know am I living according to my values or Mm -hmm. am I not yeah and we can utilize that as, like, the motivation for change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when it's, I know at least in my experience of, like, just that feeling of 
being so disconnected from my values and feeling like, I mean, one of my values is like authenticity. So like Mm -hmm. to just be living completely not in alignment with that and, um, you know, so much like dishonesty and, um, like lack of connection, like genuine connection with people, especially once you, or once I like had glimpses of living more in align with my values, those times that I was not living in, in alignment with my values felt so bad. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, like, especially getting those glimpses of more authentic relationships and connections and everything. Um, But just, yeah, realizing for me when like that feeling of being not in alignment of just how really like deeply like uncomfortable that feels (laughs) and like just feels so like wrong and like the behaviors and some of the thoughts might feel familiar. Right. And even a little bit safe but Mm -hmm. when you identify who you are at the core who you're striving to be yeah I think it cuts a little bit which Mm -hmm. I think is one of those critical first steps of even recognizing that there is an identity that needs to be let go Mm -hmm. at a goodbye that needs to happen Mm -hmm. I think I felt like a long time just of like having been the individual who was struggling and um, the person who always needed help with certain things. I just like part of me felt like I needed to continue to engage in the patterns that would keep that alive Mm -hmm. because that's what everyone expected. Yeah. So therefore (laughs) I should just behave in this way so that their expectations of me or their assumptions about me aren't wrong. Yeah. Um, And in a way, like, I get to stay in something that's familiar. Um, Yeah. And never, like, really taking responsibility for what I was doing Mm -hmm. and how I was behaving because that's just what was expected. Um, But then I think identifying more of who I was striving to be at the core, um, like that wasn't who I was. Mm-hmm. So there was this internal contradiction happening. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and like I think we've, I think we've both like talked about this before, but just that like feeling of like this is how I feel cared about. Yeah. And, like, that being a huge part of, like, my identity and, like, who I was, that it was just, like, yeah, I am the one that is, like, struggling and needs help and needs support and needs attention in this way. But really, like, that kind of attention was not (laughs) what I was really needing. Right. Like, getting it in that way did, like, meet that need kind of, but not in a way that was really fulfilling and what I really needed. Right. But I think, I mean, things like eating disorders, they serve this, 
I was going to say weird function, but they serve this function in our life because they don't just evolve out of nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. they evolve, I truly believe in, like, the, uh, they evolve to protect us. They evolve because a need is not being met. Um, something within us needs the release of it or the comfort of it, the famili- like, something with mm-hmm. it. So, they're evolving in response to something and so there can be a good chunk of time it can be weeks months years that we don't really know a different way or that there is maybe a different part of us that would like to strive to live differently or that even understands what values are and that we're not living in accordance to our values Mm -hmm. so to not undermine like the function that diseases like eating disorders really do play in our life. Mm -hmm. It's only when we identify that there's a different way that we want to live, like that we have identify what our values are, where it is we want to go in life, that we can begin to distinguish that there's certain things we're going to have to let go versus what we're going to get to keep. Yeah. So the identity is part, well, I think that's the main aspect of even recognizing that there's going to be something to let go of. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember like in my own process of coming to some of those realizations and starting to recognize where conflicts existed would Mm -hmm. be in environments that I hung out in or people I was surrounded by, certain behaviors I was engaging in. Like, those were things that continued to fuel the eating disorder identity but didn't align with the identity of what I saw as a potential for myself for the future. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, like, the behaviors themselves, like, that's a huge significant thing that in the process we have to say goodbye to um and like you kind of mentioned earlier that like familiarity or like feeling of safety makes it really difficult to let go and move on develop new healthy behaviors that are actually actually safe and right like, and actually meeting the need that we have yeah yeah that it's not just something that is a tactic of avoidance or suppression of the emotions we're experiencing or the conversations we need to have mm-hmm. or the things that we need to do to take care of ourselves mhm that environment piece too. I think that there are some things I know like in the environments that I was spending time in that I had to kind of evaluate like, okay, is this an environment that I just can't put myself in anymore? Uh Or is this one that I can just develop better boundaries in or 
alter it a little bit so that I can still like keep these relationships, be a part yeah. of, have these people in my life, but just that it needs some adjusting. Mm-hmm. Um, Boundaries. Yeah. So that was one. I mean, I think of like friendships, things that like really did need to change <laughs> and like um in order for me to like be doing what I needed to take care of myself um yeah and it was hard because I I mean I think that at times I felt like I was really the one like I mean it felt like I was being selfish by making these changes but really it was like the best thing right for me was to I mean, one, like, have some pretty significant, like, boundary changes, but also, like, really also saying goodbye to some relationships. Yeah. I remember one time in college, I lived in this apartment. (laughs) First of all, there were far too many people living in the apartment (laughs) than there was space for, and then the majority of the people living there had eating disorders like it was just obviously like this sorority of eating disorder it was awful um and I think sometimes when we engage in like that boundary setting of like me recognizing that I can't live at that place anymore um that can be an an invitation to people to also consider for themselves, like, is that environment or are these behaviors serving you? Mm-hmm. Um, and not that you're responsible for changing other people, but I think just not underestimating the power that you taking the initiative of taking care of yourself and making those healthy changes that are inevitably going to result in a more fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. Um, other people see that, other people witness that they start to want those same things. Yeah. So, um, and sometimes you're not going to still be in friendship with them or relationship with them while that's happening, but, um, like, you have the opportunity to not only change your life, but just to be an example. And you probably won't even know the impact that you're having on other people. Right. Yeah. But sometimes goodbyes and you know, taking a break from relationships or ending some of those relationships can be the best gift that you can give yourself and the other person. Definitely. Because we also have to recognize that if we're engaging in bad or unhealthy behaviors, we're influencing other people in that way too. Like it's not other people's fault that we're choosing what we're choosing. Like, we're also influencing them. Yeah. Because we're not so special (laughs) that we're the only ones being impacted by the people around us. Right. We, too, have the power of impact. Yep. I think with behaviors and ending those, um, you know, having boundaries with ourselves of not utilizing certain behaviors, when we get a break from them... And we start using other strategies to deal with 
our emotions or things that we're going through, we can really start to see that it, it doesn't feel good anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not comfortable. Right. Might be familiar, but like it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes that was the most frustrating process or part of the process is like, God damn it. Like it didn't even work. I'm still stuck. And now I feel like shit because I've used behaviors and I'm still dealing with the same feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Especially once you even get just like a little bit of distance mm -hmm. from them and then realize that was not doing what I thought it was doing. And <laughs> right. Like, which... Yeah, it can be, like, frustrating. And I think at times I felt like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do then? Like, right. if, like, that that I felt like was doing what I needed now doesn't even feel like it is, then it is kind of building new coping and ways of, just ways of dealing, like, from scratch a little bit, yeah. which... Well, and sometimes doing nothing could be better than like doing something because emotions are going to rise and they're going yeah. to fall. Like they can't always stay at the heightened place that they get to. And so sometimes doing nothing is the greatest gift we could give ourselves because then we allow that emotion or that experience to naturally yeah. dissipate. Yeah, um, I feel like I have that like... I've had that conversation before with my therapist sometimes when it's like, if I'm saying like, oh, I had a super bad night the other night, I was just so stressed or upset about something. And she'll be like, well, how did you get through it? And I'm like, I didn't really do anything, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it just, I just yeah. kind of got through it. And it's like, even yeah. that itself is so different than, and so much better than doing something like harmful, right? just sitting through it. And I mean, that is a skill in and of itself, it, just like riding the wave and like, 100%. sitting through it is and sometimes it might I know for me like at times it felt like like in the past um when I was like early on in trying to like let go of those like eating disorder behaviors of just like at times it felt like just like white knuckling it yeah through like moments but that ultimately I think did like build a lot of Resilience. Yeah. Resilience. Tolerance. tolerance yeah. yeah. And then you, and then I think I naturally like started developing better, like, or not just other coping skills and that I could use. And well, sometimes, I mean, those emotions can be really scary. Mm -hmm. Like when we haven't been allowing ourselves to experience emotions for a long time, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Like, my first emotion that really surfaced was anger. I'm like, well, that's terrifying to yeah. me. I don't want to, like, hit somebody or hurt yeah. somebody. But then recognizing that anger doesn't have to be uh, released in a toxic, harmful way. Right. Did you have any expectations when you kind of started to choose recovery of what it was going to look like? Yeah, I think that I <laughs> I think that I thought that once I I think I had a lot of expectations, but that one I mean for one once I chose recovery it would just be like okay, now I 
I have chosen it. That's it. <laughs> like it's like almost feeling like, okay, it's a I'm just gonna know what one to time do. thing. Yeah. And thinking too that, okay, once I've chosen this, things are just gonna be so much easier. And And everybody around me is just gonna respond yes perfectly how I need them to yes and really like especially early on when you first choose like when you're first choosing recovery it's definitely definitely not easier because it's like (laughs) these things that I I mean for me the things that I was relying on to deal with everything it's like okay I'm not engaging in this anymore so I have to figure out a different way to deal with things and so I mean it's literally like sometimes having a personal assistant with you all day long that's just dealing with all of the mental (laughs) angst that you're going through in some way yeah and then all of a sudden the little personal assistant's gone (laughs) I've never thought of eating disorder (laughs) as a personal assistant by the way that was was good um but then they're just gone so that all the responsibility is on you (laughs) right like life is still hard like life still has its challenges and but there's also good things. Right. That I think it would be fair to say that we weren't really allowing ourselves to experience oh, yeah. during the eating disorder. So I think that can be challenging too because then you're bombarded with good and the reality that life is still hard. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think I had expectations that... Um, I mean, kind of along with just like, once I've chosen it, I've chosen it and that's it. But that then if I was having a bad week or like had some like slip up in some way, then it's just like, oh, everything is ruined. Um, Like (laughs) That's the end. Yeah, that's it. Like back to square one and which that just doesn't exist because you can't like, (laughs) we've talked about that. I think you can't just like forget everything you've learned, but um, yeah, I had big ideas of what it, what things I thought, how I thought things would look. I think one of the most challenging was that like, my body is just gonna go in the direction I think it's, yeah, go. that <laughs> my body is either not going to change or it's going to change significantly. And, um, when the body is rehabilitating and finally being nourished properly, like, we never had control over it, but we <laughs> definitely don't have control over it then. Yeah. So kind of letting go of that need to control, you know, your physical essence of what that's going to look like. And mm-hmm. it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes people think they can continue, like they can like be going after recovery in some ways but mm-hmm. in not other like they can still hold on to their eating disorder in some regard yeah um but yet be pursuing recovery and to those who think that they can just sort through the pieces of that identity <laughs> um and that they can hold on to some like you're not that special mm-hmm. it just like leaves that door propped open like and you're not truly willing to like let go of the eating disorder yeah so I think I think I spent a long time with that door like propped open yeah 
Like you're doing it, but not really. Yeah. Or if you are like, I'm doing this for other people, mm-hmm. then like, mm, the door stays open to yeah. for you to go back to that for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think letting go and saying goodbye to these pieces of ourself, people in our lives, um, behaviors that have been... I mean, truly served as, like, helpful coping mechanisms at Mm -hmm. one point. Um, It's really painful. I mean, it's truly the grieving process. There's going to be a lot of, I don't know what the emotions are that are part of (laughs) grief, but, you know, the anger, the sadness, the resentment, if that's one, I don't know. I know that I experienced resentment, but um, we're not quoting this for the exact steps of grief. But it is a grieving process, and it's not easy. And we're opening the door to something completely unknown, which mm-hmm. um, I would argue that so much good stands on the other side of that. Um, and even for what's not good, our capacity to be able to carry it, to walk with it, to walk through it, um, that tolerance, that resiliency that we've developed in the course of recovery goes with us into um, the door of all of the hellos that we'll have. Um, so not to like minimize that this is a painful process and mm. a difficult process, but also to not underestimate what can exist on the other side of it yeah yeah I think having that I mean it's kind of a big like leap of faith that because before you get to that place where you are like seeing the benefits of recovery and like saying hello to those other Mm -hmm. things like it is just a huge blind leap of just like trusting that okay there is something better than this and so and yeah that grief of just because it's changing so many things like so many aspects of life at least for me it felt like it affected everything everything, every area Mm -hmm. of my life and so to let go of that yeah there's so many emotions and resentment for sure. Like that just, because it's everything changes. And so I think, and it's really hard and it feels, I know for me, like I felt like it was wrong to be like grieving because it's like, no, like this is something that I'm like supposed to be doing and this is a good thing. And like, to be choosing recovery and so it's right. to be grieving that is like doesn't make sense because this is the right thing to do but it still is it still is a loss and so mm-hmm. there is grief there yeah, for sure I mean, eating disorders serve a pivotal role in our <laughs> life like again they didn't just develop for the fuck of it like mm-hmm. they serve a purpose yeah So in the recovery process, you're also not so special that you're going to avoid 
having to say some goodbyes. Mm-hmm. And next time when we chat, we'll tell you about all the wonderful hellos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that um, we and people that we know have been able to experience because they chose that recovery process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with that, do you have a goal for the week? Yes, let's see. I'm going to really work on challenging some like thinking patterns that I'm like stuck in right now of just thinking like kind of it's kind of a like waiting for the other shoe to drop kind of mindset or thinking that things feel so like out of balance and like wrong right now that Mm -hmm. it just is overwhelming me in a very like weird way um and so I think and I can even in the midst of like when I'm really really stuck in those thoughts like I can recognize that it does not make sense and like it's very irrational and like does not track with reality so just like in the moment do a little more challenging of that I guess and um and probably do some like journaling and talking about that in therapy this week I have a goal for you oh okay (laughs) do you want it sure of embracing the reality that it's okay for things to be good. Yeah. And or just okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's I accept that goal. Okay. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, What's okay. yours? My goal for the week. Um, I'm getting a massage this week. <gasps> Nice. I'm very excited. Um, yeah. I, uh, well, I okay, I did write this in my planner <laughs> last night, or my, maybe my journal, um, that one of the things that I'm constantly doing in, like, trying to schedule, like, whether it's clients or meetings or whatever, mm-hmm. is I go and I'm, like, always looking at my schedule to see, oh, what can I, like, maybe negotiate a little bit? Or do I have time to get across town? Like, Mm. how quickly can I do that? And so what I want to do is go into my scheduling system and block out, like, you know, like the next month or whatever of what I know my responsibilities are and making sure that I've blocked out my time for my self-care, those that. And then when somebody needs to schedule something with me, I can just send them the link say okay here's you can choose yeah and it might be three weeks from now but you know what that's when I'm available yeah instead of compromising all the time yeah a lot of compromising lately I like saw a post once that was something I'm gonna mess this up but it was something like my like unscheduled time does not equal my availability yes. for you or whatever yeah. that like just because I don't have something scheduled doesn't mean I'm free to schedule right. anything like or even if like you've sent somebody a text message and you notice that they're online it doesn't mean that they should have responded to your text right. message like maybe they need some freaking space yeah yeah 
Maybe you're not that special to need a response right now. (laughs) (laughs) Although sometimes when I see somebody online, I'm like, fuck, I forgot to respond to them. (laughs) So I'm like, I got to get off of Instagram (laughs) so that they don't see me here. I was active two minutes ago and I haven't responded. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I okay. used to, I do, I'm really guilty of that, especially with like, for some reason it's particularly with my dad because I'll, <laughs> I'll like send a very simple question or something to yeah. him and then he'll be like tweeting and like playing like a game or something. And I'm like, oh my God, I just want to know if I can come do laundry tonight or something yeah. like that. So then, and, but he always like makes fun of me because I, I'm, I've been guilty of like texting him and waiting like three minutes not three maybe like seven <laughs> no, let's be honest it was, it was three. and then I like text again I'm like dad and he's like still doesn't respond and then I try calling him and he's like I am at work like I'm not like I'm not free constantly so that is something yeah I should work on too actually like the opposite of what you're <laughs> yeah clearly I have much more you're <laughs> like specifically with my dad though I think just because I know like he's usually he's like usually that. available pretty quickly so when he doesn't respond i'm like what the fuck i'm your the like, <laughs> most important <yeah>. child <laughs> like come on come on <laughs> sarah uh, yeah. i want you to write on a sticky note <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not, not that, that special, special. <laughs> and uh, remind yourself frequently. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Well, join us next week when we will dig into maybe the more happy part of the wonderful hellos that happen yes. in the recovery process. There's a ton of them. Go follow us. Mm-hmm. Um, say the thing (laughs) (laughs) on Instagram at you're not that special with underscores in between yeah Um, send us an email message yeah share with your friends colleagues family roommates yeah dog walkers dog walkers yeah yeah Um, mailman Mailman. Male woman. Yeah. Male person. Male person. Um. <laughs> I got everybody. Else. Just fucking share it with everybody, okay? Because <laughs> you're not that special that like, you're the only one that needs to hear this. Right. So. There's all sorts of special. people out there walking around thinking they're so special. <laughs> they need to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> because we are so special <laughs> that we need to be shared. Okay. Um, most importantly, always remember you are not that special. <laughs> <laughs>